Hello, this is the Bible Provocateur, and I'm Jonathan Eubanks, and I'm here to provoke, to persuade. Now, I have to admit, I had a whole separate message prepared for today, and I have more or less become sort of sidetracked with some of the things that are going on in the world today and and everything, and I'm not trying to be some kind of some kind of uh, 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 presenter of biblical truth and trying to apply it to what's going on in the world and trying to uh, tie these things together. That's not really what I want to try to do today. Um, but what I do want to do is something that is not very easy to do. It's difficult because. We live in a time right now where people have chosen to not be as astute as they ought to be when it comes to biblical truth. And I'm here trying to and desiring to encourage and to edify the body of Christ. Now, What's really sort of nagging at me right now is the messages of other ministers that a lot of us may be familiar with today. And as much as I hate to do it, I believe the scripture warrants at times, it warrants for us to have to call some of these people out for who they are. And for what they are, and to examine their messages. And in this case, a lot of the guys or the people that I'm going to be mentioning are going to be people whose sole goal it is to is to rip you off, to get into your pocketbooks, to get into your bank accounts, and to beg, steal, and rob you of everything that you have to give to them under the banner of service to God. And they would have you believe that giving to them means that God will bless you. So there's a few names I want to bring out. Joel Osteen. Creflo Dollar, Jim Baker, Kenneth Copeland, Benny Hinn. A lot of these men, familiar names that we know, televangelists, worth hundreds of millions of dollars, Franklin Graham, all these men. What I want to do is tell you today, and it's not going to be popular for me to say so. These men are phony. They're ripping you off. They're using the church of God to line their own pockets. They are self-deceived individuals, and they will do all that they can to make you feel better 
about your standing before Christ by giving all that you have or as much as possible to them. As I said, this is not a comfortable message. And anyone who would serve Christ, anyone who would be faithful to Christ, would have to let the flock become well aware of the difference between a wolf in sheep's clothing and a sheep. It's frustrating. What I'm saying right now is not popular. It will never be popular. And to be honest with you, I'm not out here to try to get as much as, as much as as important as it is for me to reach as many people as I possibly can with God's truth. That is what I'm going to do. And how far and how wide it goes is up to the Lord Himself. It's His gospel, it's His word, it's His church, it's His kingdom. And men like these. All they're trying to do is to fleece the church of God, to rob us of all that we have in order to line their own pockets and build their own wealth. And they will tell you that by giving to them, you are exhibiting your faith and that God is going to bless you by giving to them. This ought not to be so. This ought not to be so. I don't know what it's going to take. The reality is a lot of people don't want to spend time at the Lord's feet, learning his word, studying his word, seeking his advice, in fellowship with those who know better. The truth is a lot of people in the Christian faith have a tendency to think that they know all that there is to know. You know, I... Joel Osteen, from what I understand and what I've read and heard him in live and in interviews, refuses to talk about the doctrine of hell. How do you talk about salvation without talking about hell? Let's look at this for a second. Salvation. Salvation means to be saved, to find out the end result of faith and obedience to God resulting in the final and ultimate salvation. Now, anyone who preaches that message to you, the message of salvation and the need for Jesus Christ as your Savior, remember, He is called our Savior. But the question needs to be asked, Savior from what? If Joe Molstein doesn't want to tell you what hell is, then how is he supposed to convince you that you need to be saved? Saved from what? I mean, I don't understand. I want to know. But let me tell you something. He 
doesn't want to tell you about hell because he knows that a lot of people don't want to hear about that. He knows that that is not going to pack his church. And believe me, I'm sure we all know how packed his churches are. That's because he's serving ice cream and cookies and donuts. And I mean that metaphorically. Instead of giving people the milk and the meat of the word of God. If you're going to be saved to a different method of living, a different way of living, you need to understand what you're being saved from. Otherwise, what is the point of the message? Why do I need to change? What do I, why do I need to repent? He's not going to tell you about hell. In fact, I'd venture to say that a lot of these popular preachers who, who are on television and who are, are amassing crazy amounts of wealth, they're not going to tell you about these kind of things. They're going to tell you about how good life is. These people will do anything to make you feel good about yourself, and they will preach to you what I refer to as a victim gospel. You're the victim. That's what they would want to tell you. And all you need to do is get to them, and things will get on track. Give money to them, and things will be on track. But I need to make sure you all understand, and that we never forget as Christians and as believers, we are not the victims. We are the guilty. Christ became the victim, victimized by our sin, put himself in our place in order to redeem us to God, with whom, of whom, who should exact justice on us, who should destroy us, which is what we deserve, but he does not. If we put our faith in him through Jesus Christ whom he sent for us. Kenneth Copeland, I believe he's somewhere worth upwards of two, three hundred million dollars. This is a man who said years ago, and I quote, dog beget dogs, cat begets, cats beget cats, pigs beget pigs, and God beget gods. His message to you is that you are God. You become gods. We become gods. I submit to you, we do not. We are created in his image. We are to bow down and submit to him. The scriptures is replete with text proof that there's only one God, one Lord, one faith. There is only one God and one Lord. It is not you, it is not me, and it certainly is not Kenneth Copeland or anybody else who would preach that message. We have Franklin Graham. This man, I don't know where 
his morals lie. I don't know where his allegiance lies, but it doesn't seem to be grounded in biblical truth. Doesn't seem to be grounded in biblical truth at all. I know that his father, Billy Graham, was not without, uh, I don't know if it's his father or grandfather, was not without his own rivals in his faith. But one thing that I will say about Billy Graham, and I have my own differences uh, with some of the things that he that he said, and uh, but I don't think there are things that separate us in terms of how we view God and how we view salvation. This was a man that I really truly believe was a man of God. Him and Franklin Graham don't come from the same cloth. They're not cut from the same cloth. You know, this man has been led around right now by politicians. I don't know what his goal or mission is, but it certainly looks like all he wants to do is be a man pleaser. All these people are just men pleasers. They are in service for themselves. They make a mockery of the truth and it would lead you astray. You continue to follow them. Listen, I will tell you not to send any of them another dime. And I'm not just talking about them. You know the type. You know the type. There are so many of them around here. Around here. I remember several years back, Creflo Dollar making a plea to his congregation to send him all this money because God needed to give him a new jet. Private jet. People bought this. I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. It's almost as if people like being deceived by these men. They are deceivers. They are Satan's best. And they are good. They are good. We live in a capitalistic society here in America. And they know how to seize on people and how to make prey of people who believe that their methods is only another way toward benefiting from this capitalistic society. I'm not saying there's anything wrong or bashing capitalism. I'm an American. I love it. I wouldn't live in any other country in the world. But these men are abusing the word of God. They're abusing you. And they don't care. They don't care. So it's really like this, this particular time I'm sitting here right now, it's not for me to spend a lot of time and, and to go over a lot, a lot of things, but with these guys, because I can go on and on and on about this. It just frustrates me. It just frustrates me what they're getting away with. They're not prophets. They're not apostles. I'm not even sure they're even disciples. What I am sure about is that they're cunning. They're crafty. They're deceiving. And they are very successful at doing it. And to those people who follow them, they come off as angels of light. 
But ask yourself, listen to these messages from these men. Find out, listen, how often do they talk about sin? How often do they talk about man's depravity? How often do they talk about the, the arms that men have raised toward God to fight against God and that we must submit and lay down our arms and submit to God? How often do they talk about the blood of Christ and how we need to be cleansed by it and how we need to obey God's message? They are telling you that obedience to God, the sum total of that, for more or less, is giving them money. But this is no, this is nothing new. It's a way for us to buy our way into heaven. But giving them all your money doesn't get you there. It does not show or exemplify the faith that you have in God um, by giving them. That's not showing you what you give to them is not indicative of the degree or the level or the or the or, or it says nothing about your faith. What you give to these men it says nothing. But they're giving you what you want and you're getting from them. What you, they're giving you what you want and you're giving them what they want. We need to stop and become students of God's word. We need to be faithful to God and obedient to God, to him. Sure, I'm not saying we shouldn't give. We should. But we shouldn't give to these charlatans. We should give to men who are faithful to God's work. We should have an idea of where God, you know, what work is being done. I can do a whole study, and perhaps soon I will, proving through Scripture how the people who gave knew what they were giving to. One way to know that these guys are fake and false is that they don't want you to know. But these men are so brazen these days that they will come flat out and tell you, I need you to give me money so that you can show your faith to God and so that I can get the jet that God has allocated for me. And if I can't get that jet, it's not because of me or my lack of faith. It's because of yours. Listen, these people will strip you bare and leave you naked and they don't care. And all they will do is tell you that any, any problem that you have in your life is the result of a lack of faith. This is what they tell you. This is what they lead you to believe. But they're not going to talk about all these things. They're not going to talk about propitiation. They're not going to talk about depravity. They're not going to talk about the eschatological implications for us today in our practical living, what these things mean. They're not going to talk to you about what mercy really means and what the peace of God really means. They're not going to tell you that the Antichrist has, is already here. They're not going to tell you that people today, today and in the past, have already been receiving the mark of the beast. Already. 
going to tell you about this kind of things. They're not going to tell you that the Holy Spirit is an earnest deposit and a guarantee of what you of, of where you're where you're going. Now I'm sure that some of these things may differ in what one of these guys are, are willing to preach and what they're willing to tell you about. But I'm telling you, they are going to tell you what they think you need to hear and just enough and no more in order for you to keep enriching them. And they're going to tell you that by enriching them, you're enriching yourselves with God. As if God cares about any of these things that they're talking about. So, forgive me a little bit if I'm a little animated. But this is really frustrating. I've seen it for years. And I'm sure many of you have. And I'm sure there's some of you that think these, these men are sent from God. They're not. But what I would challenge you is, to, what I would challenge you to do, go ask them. Try to get meetings with these men. Try to get meetings with their ministers and have them explain what their position is on a lot of these various things. Ask them about the doctrine of hell, the doctrine of election, the doctrine of propitiation, the doctrine of depravity, the doctrine of man's fall, how we're restored. Go and ask. What does the Passover mean? Does God kill? Ask him what it means when God says, Jacob I love, Esau I hate. Ask him. Ask him why all men aren't saved. Why doesn't God just save everybody? Why does anybody go to hell? One of my favorite preachers, years ago, he died way before I was born. Charles Spurgeon. And in his church, he was referred to as the governor. They used to call him the governor. There was a woman sitting in, in one of the front rows listening to him preach at the Metropolitan Tabernacle in, in, in uh, London. And after the sermon, she went up to him and she asked him, she says, Governor, how is it that God can send anyone to hell? He paused, looked at her, and he said, Ma'am, how is it that God can send anyone to heaven? We have a wrong outlook on things. Christianity is not some systematic uh, process that we follow these little steps and we go to. There are. But these are living things. These are things that we have to live by every day. There's no formula that says you can just deal with the external things. Give, write this check, and that's going to solve all your problems. How do you deal with guilt? How do you deal with, with, the, with the stain of sin? How do you deal with forgiveness? How do you deal with having offended someone who's been good to you? 
How do you deal with the fact that God has been good to you and we have rebelled against him? This is all I'm saying. As I said, I hate to have to call names out. But I think that it's important that we do. We see this example throughout Scripture. We, it needs to be called out. And all I ask is that you take a thorough assessment of where you stand before God and before Christ. Take the time to understand what the Lord has said. Take the time to study his word, to learn his word. And do whatever is possible, whatever you can, to be obedient to him. Because it's important. It's important. And it's for a short while. Our life here is very short. And after that, we go into eternal glory with our Lord and Savior, our Maker. I look forward to seeing the day that I get to see Christ face to face. But in the meantime, we have to live lives soberly, thoughtfully, and conscientiously. Every day is a battle to, for our souls to stay committed. Every day. Don't ever think that salvation can be bought by you. Because the only one who can buy salvation for us is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He bought salvation for us. He has redeemed us to God. And we can't get to God unless we believe what he did, he did for us. Because he loved us and he died on the cross for us. And every one of us that he died for, we will make it and we will see him in glory. That's all I have for tonight. Thank you very much. That's the Bible Provocateur. Look forward to talking with you next time.